Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Of course, the network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is the first uh, show for What on Earth is Happening in its entirety on Oracle Broadcasting. So I welcome everyone, and I'm really excited about uh, joining this uh, great network with uh, its great lineup of hosts. Um, we have a great show planned for you here today. A lot of things we're going to cover. Um, today is Sunday, May 1st, and interestingly and synchronistically, I would say, um, the first debut show of What on Earth is Happening on the Oracle Network uh, happens to fall on May Day or Valpurgisnacht, also known as Beltane in uh, occult um, traditions. So one of the things that we do indeed focus on here on this show is the world of the occult. So I wanted to start off the show by telling everybody a little bit about what I uh, do as part of my radio show. And um, for new listeners, um, they'll kind of know what to expect when they tune in every Sunday from 5 to 7 uh, Eastern Time, 4 to 6 Central, which is the new time slot for the show. Um, this isn't a news show, so you won't be getting a lot of uh, daily uh, dosage of uh, the, the happenings that are taking place in the world, even though the show is indeed called What on Earth is Happening. Uh, instead, what I focus on is the causal factors that underlie the events that we see playing out in our world, because it is my firm contention that only by understanding causality by going down to the root causal factors, can we ever really hope to change the effect that is being created in the world? We must understand the generative principle, the principle of creation, how reality is created by our own thoughts, our own emotions, and our own actions. And when those small 
um, units all add up of each individual's thoughts, emotions, and actions, when they add up collectively, that's what actually creates the total effect of what's taking place in the world. And only when we understand what's really going on inside of each one of us do we fully understand the factors that are creating the reality that we are experiencing. So that's in a nutshell what I do here on the show. And most of the time the show is presented in sort of a presentation format with some visual aids. There's the uh, music for the uh, first break. So I will be uh, continuing to explain the format when we get back after these messages. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on What on Earth is Happening. I am your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. And before the first break there, I was sort of uh, giving the new listening audience here on Oracle an idea of what to expect of this uh, radio broadcast as it will be going out every Sunday uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. Central, 5 to 7 Eastern. Um... Again, what I do here is talk about causal factors of what's creating the, the reality that we are experiencing. And I get very deep into these uh, topics, and they form uh, an in-depth tapestry. So we'll be talking about topics, as you heard in the intro, such as human consciousness, mind control, and all of its various methodologies, natural law, uh, the understanding of how uh, what our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions, the, the, the ways that we use them actually uh, create what we are experiencing around us. And that, that, that those um, dynamics have discernible laws that we can come to understand and therefore employ to our benefit. And if we remain in ignorance of, uh, we will continue to experience suffering. A big part of what I do here is attempt to explain to people the causal factors of human suffering, of self-generated suffering. And there's, uh, that's going to play into uh, this show tonight because there's a contest that I'm actually holding for the first show, which we'll get into in a few moments. Um, I, again, as I said, I also discussed the occult in depth, and later on tonight we will be continuing uh, a discussion that I've been doing uh, uh, on the show previously because I've actually been doing this show through different uh, forms of... of um, of media over the past uh, 13 months uh, on other networks and um, so the show is an ongoing tapestry so we'll be actually picking up sort of you know uh, in the middle I guess you could say uh, and I want to let people know that they can go to my website at whatonearthishappening.com and sort of get caught up on what we've done up to this point now I know that won't really help out you know brand new listeners much but uh, if you go back and check out the podcast page and look at all the podcasts I've done up to this point on my podcast page on my site, uh, and you take that material in, okay, you will see how the tapestry that I'm weaving here works, and you'll basically be able to catch yourself up to um, the to get the prerequisite uh, information 
uh, that you need to understand what we're going to continue talking about down the line here on this uh, radio show. So with that having been said, I want to thank a few people for uh, helping me out to get uh, to this point uh, where I'm uh, I have a show hosted on a great network like Oracle, and uh, the first person I'd like to send thanks out to is Bob Tuscan, who is another host here on the network. Uh, Bob helped me out from the beginning, starting my show over a year ago, and uh, he's been uh, a great help uh, in any way that you know I may have uh, needed his help over the past year. And um, I encourage everyone to check out Bob's show, the Bob Tuscan Show. Uh, that's uh, every weeknight on Oracle at 8 p.m. And um, check out Bob's site, bobtuscan.com. The uh, next person I'd like to thank is um, Doug Owen, one of the co-owners of Oracle, his site, blacklistednews.com. And I want to thank uh, Doug for taking the show on to the network and for all of his help in, in getting me started here. So, Doug Owen, thank you very much. Uh, finally, I'd like to thank uh, my partner, Barbara, who um, uh, deserves to be sainted for putting up with me uh, in the course of our daily lives. Uh, but she's just uh, been uh, of invaluable help. And um, I can't say enough about uh, how if it weren't for uh, Barb helping me out in my life, I would not be able to continue to do what I do. So Barb, thanks so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, I love you very much. So uh, with that being said, Let's uh, jump into some of the topics that we're going to talk about here this evening. So, I usually begin the show with event announcements, okay? And I have one event announcement for tonight. And the reason I do this is because I think bringing people together is one of the most important things that we can do as truth tellers, okay? Um, what this information is all ultimately about is taking action, okay? Knowing is not enough. So many people sit on the knowledge that they have and they don't take action with what they know. Uh, this can often be fear-induced. They may fear the hassle that goes along with taking knowledge. They may fear the reprisals that may come of actually speaking out and taking knowledge uh, in their own right. Okay. However, this is what this show is ultimately intended to inspire in others. It is intended to inspire action, right action in the world. So when I read event announcements, even if they're not in your, uh, in your area, which oftentimes they will not be, I'll usually read announcements that are taking place around the area that I'm at, which is Philadelphia, PA. Um, however, the, the goal here is to bring people together for common causes that will assist the general cause of true human freedom. So all of the event announcements I read have that end goal in mind. So I'll start off with one simple event announcement for this week. Then I'm going to announce the contest for tonight, which I uh, came up with the idea of doing last week. And then I'll give the call-in numbers for the show for anyone who wants to attempt to answer the contest question. And... Um, there is a prize involved, which I'll explain in a moment. So the event announcement for this evening I have is regarding an organization that I am involved with in, here in the Philadelphia area called the Tesla Science Foundation. Nikola Tesla was one of the greatest inventors, if not the greatest inventor who ever lived. He basically brought us all of the 
uh, possibilities of the 20th and 21st centuries because he brought alternating current, which is the form of electrical power generation and distribution that we use in all of our homes and um, essentially that made the second industrial revolution possible and gave us all again all of the modern conveniences that we have today. So Tesla's name is essentially removed from the history books because he wanted to take his technologies even further and provide free wireless electricity for the entire world and this was possible through standing wave technology uh, also known as non-Hertzian waves or, or um, uh, scalar waves, some uh, people call them, and he would basically send wire, wire, wireless uh, electricity actually through the earth as the medium. Okay, the earth would actually act as the wire, believe it or not. Uh, Tesla proved that this was possible. He began prototyping this model at Wardenclyffe uh, off of uh, Long Island, on Long Island, New York, and eventually he was shut down by his uh, own financiers who financed the project when they learned that this would have leveled the playing field of energy for the entire world so um, Tesla is a name that everybody should become familiar with if they're not already I'm sure many of the listeners on this network are aware of Nikola Tesla but uh, there's a great group here in Philadelphia called the Tesla Science Foundation you could check out their website at teslasciencefoundation.org and they're having, uh, as they do every July around Tesla's birthday, uh, a celebration based on Tesla and his technologies. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that after this next break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Be right back, folks. Alright folks, we are back on What on Earth is Happening right here on Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the break, I was starting to tell people about the Tesla Science Foundation here in Philadelphia and the uh, Nikola Tesla Energy Independence celebrations that they hold every year in the summer around Tesla's birthday. And... This year, there's going to be multiple events going on as part of this uh, this conference that they hold each year, but uh, I want to tell people about one of them, and I'll be telling you more as they announce new events and locations. But the first is the 2011 Philadelphia Tesla Science Conference. This is going to be happening July 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th here in Philadelphia at uh, Liberty 2 Place. Liberty 2 is at 1601 Chestnut Street in Philadelphia. The conference topics include ether theories, alternative energy, exotic propulsion technologies, electrogravitics, electrotherapy, Tesla coils, and of course the wireless transmission of power. This conference is open to the general public and is only $100 to attend for all four days. Uh, students with a valid student ID will receive a 50% discount and can get in for all four days for only $50. You can register online at 
the Tesla Science Foundation's website at teslasciencefoundation.org. I encourage everybody to check out this great group and to get involved in, in the work of trying to complete the vision that Nikola Tesla had for the future because, as I've said many, many times, the control of energy is the control of human beings. And until we develop true free energy technologies, we are going to be under some form of control or another. So that's the only event announcement I have for today, and I would hope that people will follow up on this great conference and attend it if it, it is within their power to do so, and definitely check out the uh, Tesla Science Foundation. They're a great group of people. So the contest, let's talk about this. Uh, we have a contest ongoing tonight on the show, and it is a single question that there is indeed a single answer to. Uh, last time on the show, I was talking about uh, mystery traditions, okay? Basically, mystery schools of the ancient world. And we were talking about how these are the uh, place that modern mystery traditions like Freemasonry or Rosicrucianism uh, are derived from. They're actually a much older uh, esoteric tradition from which these modern institutions uh, pull m many of their teachings. And I was likening Freemasonry's second degree to a, um, um, an initiatory tradition of the ancient past, particularly in uh, Egypt, what was known as Kemet uh, long, long ago. And this tradition, the Kemetian mystery tradition, would essentially reserve some of its higher order teachings for people that they knew would not abuse them. And they needed to display a fundamental piece of knowledge in order to then be passed on to go into the higher level uh, teachings because the teachers of this mystery school were fully aware that if someone did not enter some of this higher level knowledge with the right consciousness, okay, that they could enter it with ego. And in doing so, they might take some of that higher level information, pervert it, twist it, and perhaps use it as a weapon against those who were not at that level of knowledge in their own experience in life. And indeed, unfortunately, this is what has happened in the world. That very scenario is what actually occurred. Um, that is what the occult simply is. Uh, for people who, again, will hear this word, occult or mystery traditions, and immediately think evil, the word evil is the first thing that comes into your uh, thought process. That is a form of mind control. The actual meaning of the word occult simply means hidden. It is based on the verb in the Latin language, occultare. And I would highly suggest to people to attempt to think of the word occult instead of as a noun, which people immediately think of it as, think of it as a verb, because that is what it is. Occultare, which is where the word occult comes from, is a verb in Latin, and it simply means to hide to conceal, or to keep secret. What we're doing on this show, and have been doing for 13 months, is revealing 
the, the, the world of the occult, that which has been hidden from our eyes. And when we truly understand what this body of knowledge is, it may come to surprise some individuals because what it really is, is information about ourselves. It is information about how our own psyche functions and operates, what our motivations are. Okay, how our thoughts, emotions, and actions create the world that we see around us collectively. That's what the, the occult teachings are all about. Whether anyone wants to accept that or not is their own business, but that is indeed what the occult is. Now, the reason that that has been hidden from people is largely because this body of knowledge was hijacked by dark occultists, and it was then used as a weapon against people who did not have that same information. So in other words, occultism in the modern world as it is being used is a form of a power differential. Okay, you've heard the term knowledge is power, and I would actually disagree with that. Knowledge isn't power in and of itself. Okay, Applied knowledge is power. Acting upon what you know becomes powerful. So what the dark occultists who are ultimately the masters of this reality right now as it stands, that is unfortunately true, that is unfortunately the case, they are controlling the entire game here so to speak. The reason they are able to do this is because they are in possession of this information which they have subsequently occulted from the rest of humanity. And I know this firsthand because I worked in occult orders in my past. And I've talked about this previously on former shows. We can get into it in the future in future shows. But essentially what I'm trying to explain to people is that the occult is simply information that has been hidden. That's all it is. The, the mind trick in words that is played upon people is to get them to associate the word occult with evil. Okay, now don't get me wrong, there is such a thing as Satanism. Okay, there is such a thing as dark occultism. No question about it, I know this firsthand. However, what I'm trying to explain is that the information that is contained in the occult is simply a tool. And it's the consciousness of the wielder of that tool that determines what that information is used for. So this is a critical thing to keep in mind, and we cannot fall into unidimensional thinking about any given topic, least of which uh, is the occult, because it is not simply one thing, which many people fall into the habit of uh, believing that it is. With that in mind, I want to tell people about the contest and tell them what the prize will be and then give the call-in number. So... Oh, we're cut off by the uh, break music once again. They sneak up on you like that, but right after the, this next break, we'll get into the contest and give the call-in numbers, and hopefully we'll have a winner tonight on the air. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Be right back.
Okay, we are back here on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. This is a new show on Oracle Broadcasting from 4 to 6 p.m. Central. That's 5 to 7 Eastern Time every Sunday. So, before the break, I was getting ready to announce the contest that's going to be uh, going on on the air tonight. And hopefully we'll get a caller call in and win the prize. A little trinket that uh, I have here for anyone that can answer the question of the mystery traditions. So this was a question that would act as sort of a an, a form of insulation or a buffer. Uh, and the people who could not answer this question of, of their own volition, they could not uh, come to the understanding of uh, the answer to this question uh, in their own mind, in their own heart would not really be passed on to the higher uh, levels of knowledge that were available to mystery tradition initiates uh, because um, it was basically deemed at that time that that knowledge was too dangerous to pass on to someone uh, at the state of consciousness where they did not understand the answer to this question. So that's the the background, the framework, uh, which I kind of came up with this uh, contest idea last week when we were talking about uh, the second degree of Freemasonry and how it related with this uh, initiatory tradition of the ancient past. So um, the question of the mystery traditions, which is what we are seeking a correct answer to this evening, is simply this. How do you know, how do you truly know that you are suffering I'll repeat the question one more time. How do you truly know, definitively know, that you are suffering? That is the question of the mystery tradition schools, okay, that would separate lower level initiates from higher level initiates. They needed to understand that dynamic in order to be passed. And as I said last week on the show when I was talking about Freemasonry, or I should say earlier this week, um, that most modern Freemasons should not be past the second degree. And I know that's a controversial statement to make, and I will stand by that statement because it is indeed true. Most modern Freemasons of the Lodge system of today could not answer that question. And they do not hold that key to the mysteries in their mind and in their heart. That's sad, but that is the case. And again, dark occultists have infiltrated every area of society and turned what was what should be traditions that are teaching esoteric truths into nothing but social clubs that are actually uh, seeking to find psychopathic individuals to pull them up into the higher ranks to further agendas that were never intended to be even uh, entertained at all in the true esoteric forms of these traditions. But they are horribly fallen, ladies and gentlemen. To understand the true esoteric core of any given tradition is not to uh, associate that with a modern institution. And as I've said before, we can understand true esoteric Christianity in a highly different light than modern institutionalized, organized 
uh, the, the modern institutionalized organized religion called Christianity. The two are almost antitheses of each other, okay, and share very little in common, sadly. The same could be said of Freemasonry, of esoteric Freemasonry of the ancient world compared with what Freemasonry has become in the lodge system of today. And again, when I talk about and teach the symbols of Freemasonry, which we're going to look at a little bit later, I'm not talking about the modern lodge system. I could care less about that system. And I don't encourage people to go and run and join it. All of the information of Freemasonry is available to anyone who wants it. Okay? It, there's no secrets in the craft, as I've said many times. Uh, and we're going to talk about lots of occult traditions. Okay? We've already discussed tarot in some depth. We've already looked at Kabbalah in uh, quite a bit of depth. We've looked at Freemasonry in probably the most depth of any tradition I've looked at so far. But we can even go, we might even go into dark occult traditions on this show and look at uh, Satanism, look at Luciferianism, dark Luciferianism. Okay? Uh, we might look at Rosicrucianism in the future on this show. And I'll, again, I penetrate these subjects fairly extensively because they're not something that are just to be skimmed. Uh, you need to understand the symbolism. You need to understand the allegory, okay? Um, how there is a symbolic story being told through the symbols, through the rituals of these different traditions, okay? And it's rich symbolism, okay, that, that has prerequisite understanding in order for some of the more complicated symbolism to be understood. And symbolism is important to understand. I can't stress that enough. Uh, really what we're doing on the show is, uh, this is an extension of the section on symbolism, which I've been, lo been looking at as a form of mind control if one does not understand the language of symbols. Then they could be used to go in right into the subconscious mind, right past the conscious mind, and uh, basically dictate behavior. So symbols are a hidden language. So for anyone that wants to attempt to uh, take a crack at the answering of that question for the contest, let me give the call-in numbers and then I'll tell you what the contest prize is for tonight. The call-in numbers for the show. If you're on a cell phone and you have free weekend service, I encourage people to use this first number, 512-904-8014. Five one two nine zero four eight zero one four. If you want to call the uh, toll-free call-in line, you could do that as well. That number is eight six six eight four one one zero six five. That's a good option for people who may still have a landline. Once again, the, the toll-free number is eight six six eight four one one zero six five. The prize for whoever answers this question right is it, it's nothing you know huge or gigantic. It's highly symbolic, but it, uh, in many people's estimation, does actually perform a function. I have it listed on the website on the Radio Listen page, which, by the way, I'll be referring to that page often. Uh, that is, uh, if you go to whatonearthishappening.com and you click the um, upper left-hand uh, button there that says Listen Live, okay, if you're not already listening through there, um, I will often put images that are associated with the concepts and ideas that I'm going to talk about for visual reference for anyone that has an internet, an internet uh, connection and uh, wants to listen along 
while I'm talking about some of the symbolism and ideas. You can do that at What on Earth is Happening on the Radio Listen page. You click that right on the left-hand side there, and it will uh, show you uh, the images listed there in a sort of a slideshow-type format. Uh, so uh, those images are for a little bit later on. And um, the, the prize for tonight is an organite pyramid, an organite pyramid. Now, this uh, substance called organite was essentially put forward into the world by a gentleman named Don Croft, and he based his research upon the works and research of Wilhelm Reich, okay, who um, talked about orgone as a form of energy that is a, the underlying life force energy that is uh, essentially all around us. It's very interesting uh, research and work. Uh, I am not an expert in this field by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, this organite pyramid was given to me by a good friend and a, a fellow speaker at the just recently passed Free Your Mind conference here in Philadelphia. We had a conference uh, earlier uh, actually last month, uh, April 9th and 10th here in Philadelphia called Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. It was tremendously successful. We had a full house both days. And uh, one of the other speakers who spoke about uh, the dark aspects of the occult was uh, a gentleman by the name of Jay Parker. And he gave me this organite pyramid as a prize for the mystery tradition uh, the person who answers the mystery tradition question correctly on the show. So the question is, how do you know definitively, truly, that you are suffering? And the prize is a about a four-inch tall organite pyramid beautifully made by Jay Parker, a good friend of mine and a fellow speaker at the Free Your Mind conference. So... You have the call-in numbers. Feel free to call in at any time. Another thing I'd like to say about the um, the, the uh, calls into the show is that uh, there are no taboo topics as part of what on earth is happening, and there never are. So when you call in, anything is on the table, um, and uh, that will be the policy as we go forward on this show. I, I don't uh, limit people's speech. I don't expect them to limit mine. So no taboo topics ever here on this show. There's the break music. We'll be right back and take some calls. Uh, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm Mark Passio. Be right back. Folks, we are back on What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I think we have a few callers on the line that may want to take a crack at answering the question for the contest for tonight to uh, try to win the Organite Pyramid. Uh, let's go to the phones. Here we go. Let's, uh, let's give this a shot. Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Could you please state your name and where you're from? Is it me? Your you name, me? your name, and where you're from. Yes, I can hear you. Uh, it's Ben from Louisiana. 
Hi, Dan. How are you? Would you like to take a shot at answering uh, the question for the contest? Yes, I would. My name's Ben. Uh, ben, okay. Yeah, I had my initial answer to the question. Okay. And then first asked it the other day, and then after sitting with it for a few days, kind of expanded my answer. Okay. So my initial answer was if somebody else is suffering, of course, and... More I thought about it. Sir, you, you, yeah. that is the correct answer to the question. You have it. There it oh. is. Phenomenal. Okay, I was going to talk to the way we treat animals and the herd, too. I can't. That's, a, that's a, a phenomenal climate. understanding. You, arri you simply arrived at that by really pondering the question on your own. Mm -hmm. that's, that's great. So, are you. Correct. So, we have a winner, folks. The first person who called in amazingly gets the answer correct. And the answer is, if there is one other that is suffering, you are suffering. That's the answer. There it is. Right there. Simply put, in plain language, that's the answer. And think about that deeply, ladies and gentlemen, and understand why the mystery traditions of old would not have passed anyone up through the higher ranks of this esoteric knowledge without holding that knowing deeply in their mind and in their heart. That is the key to the mysteries, to all mysteries. That's the key to self. Understanding the law of one, that there is no separation between what we consider ourselves and others. That's what it is all ultimately about right there. So, uh, Ben, correct? Yes. Phenomenal. Uh, I would shake your hand if you were in the same room. Uh, just uh, brilliant. So um, are you comfortable, sir, in giving your email address to me over the air, or would you like me to just place you on, on mute and you can wait until the break and I'll take your email off the air? What would you like to do? You can give me your... Yeah, I actually inquired to you about getting a terabyte so recently. So see my so email is KaiserSose21. You should already have it. Okay, hold on. Just give it to me one more time. Okay, it's K E Y. Yes. Z E R. Uh huh. F O Z E 21 at AOL.com. Okay, I'll repeat it. K E Y Z E R S O Z E. Yes. 21 at AOL.com. AOL. Yeah. Great. I'm going to get in touch with you after the show. And I'll get your um, your mailing information, and I will get this uh, little uh, prize boxed up and sent out to you. Uh, just a great job, sir. Uh, I I can't congratulate you enough. And like I said, I would uh, I would shake your hand if we were in the same room together, because uh, to arrive at that understanding is to certainly have progressed a, an extremely far way in the journey in consciousness in life. So, uh, brilliant job, and thank you. And I'm I'm shocked that the first per first caller. Uh, to the show gets the answer correct. I thought that this would be a long one, but uh, phenomenal job. Do you have anything else for us while we have you on the line? Uh, no, that's all, Mark. Great show. Thanks so much. I'll be in touch tonight. Okay. Sounds good. You take care. Right. Incredible. I'm so thoroughly impressed, as I always am, with all of the callers that call into this show. Uh, I've, I've said before that the callers who call into my show are the best callers on uh, any talk show, uh, particularly internet talk radio. And 
I continue to be astounded by the uh, the quality and the caliber of calls that we get and the depth of knowledge which is displayed by the callers. So I would hope that that trend continues here on Oracle Broadcasting and uh, I can't tell you uh, how energized that makes me feel that the first person who calls in gets the answer of their own uh, recognition. Uh, just f fantastic. So that uh, wraps that part of the show up. So uh, we do have a couple of other callers on the line, I believe. So uh, let's continue to go with calls, and then uh, in a little bit we'll go to some of the material that I had planned. So here we go. All right. Caller, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. You want to state your name and where you're from and tell us what you have for us. Christopher, Ottawa, Canada. Hey, how are you, Christopher? Fine, thank you. A remarkable question and answer, profoundly moving and amazing that your show opened with Ben as a guest. Yes. That was just magical, absolutely. Um, Mark, uh, my background, I'm a clinical forensic psychologist who studied the occult for 40 years and have written a book on the nature of human consciousness. Could I share a few of what I've discovered through my researches? Sure. Um, the whole of modern psychology has denied spirit and soul for over a, a century, and that was part of even the protocols of Zion, is, is to promote Darwinianism and existentialism and Marxism, and to yes. deny human spirituality and the soul life. And the whole of modern psychology and the investigations of consciousness has assumed that consciousness is produced by the brain and the mind in the head. And I'll call that the head doctrine, okay? Yes. My studies through my life of esoteric mystical teachings is that all the esoteric tradition says that the true self is connected to the heart and consciousness in the human being originates out of the heart. And in the body, consciousness is connected to the blood flow and the circulation of the oxygenation of the body through the blood. And consciousness is like light, because the self within the heart is described as inherently self-illuminating, like the sun. In a sense, it's a God spark, or a divine element, or the spiritual self within the heart. And the light of the self within the heart, if you awaken in that, that's the basis for higher states of consciousness and levels of samadhi. And the light of the self within the heart can then be brought out and you can experience a higher, three higher chakras, and, and including the awakening of the third eye. Yes. Now, a person in life would not want to awaken the third eye, as you said, like so profoundly, if you're in false ego. Right. In, in the mystical tradition, self-realization is defined as the dissolution of the false mind into the lotus of the heart. And in the Hebrew tradition, they say the truth is under your nose the whole time. Under your nose is within your heart. Right. And often when I give lectures on consciousness, I play a pointing game where I ask people to point to the wall or the ceiling or their left foot and their right ear, and then I say, point to yourself. And no one ever points to their heads. Right. Instead, the majority of people point towards their heart. Always. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are confused because they think about the answer and they kind of point towards their throat area because there's confusion between the mind in the head and the self within the heart. The heart so is the center, the center of the self. It's the very center of the chakra system. I talk about this extensively on previous shows. We, we uh, talked about the chakra system when we were talking about Kabbalah and uh, talked about the center of self uh, when we talked about the first degree tracing board because the middle of that board is the green initiate uh, upon the ladder with the key and that represents the heart chakra. The Anahata chakra, of course, is the green lotus flower. Okay, and that key is the the key of care, which does not unlock the mysteries unless one truly understands the connection that one has to everyone around them and to the entire universe for that matter. So uh, that is a, a very profound information, and I think that more uh, psychologists really need to understand this and come forward and embrace this because uh, what the occult, what the dark occult really is, is a perversion of psychology, of ancient psychology that has been understood for millennia and using exactly. that information to uh, basically gain leverage over other people in unfair ways uh, and, and uh, basically exploit th them in their ignorance of those same concepts and ideas. Exactly. Could, could I just share uh, very quickly one well, or two other points? We'll break right now, but hold on the line and I'll bring you back. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Got it. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. issue. Now, firstly, uh, you say about, in, in my studies of esotericism, you have to regard human beings as three-brained beings who sure. function mentally, emotionally, and physically. Yes. Head, heart, hands, exactly as you were saying. But what is consciousness? Is consciousness just thinking and feeling and sensation? No, consciousness is something separate from what I would call the psychological functions. Like you can be aware and conscious of thoughts, you can be conscious of emotions, you can be conscious of sensations. But the consciousness is something different than thinking or feeling or sensation. And most, it's, consciousness is most similar to light. And if you have light in your room, it'll, it illuminates things so you could be aware of all different objects that are illuminated by that light. Similarly, a human being has this inner light within themselves, and that light allows them to be illuminate the mind, illuminate their feelings and, and their sensations. So consciousness is like light, and we can have more or lesser of that. So that's one point I wanted to make. A second was, you know how the Star of David is the symbol of the heart chakra? Yes. 
And the heart, the Star of David is a sacred symbol, not only in Judaism and Kabbalah, but also it was called Vishnu's shield, and it was it's sacred in all different esoteric traditions. But the Rothschilds have perverted it, and the way they've perverted it in a way, they take the Star of David, but it 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 has no central point. Like if you put the Star of David in the heart, the upward turn triangle represents spiritual nature, and the downward triangle represents the element of water, like a human or the material nature. And this, the heart is the seventh point in the center of the Star of David. So the, the flag of Israel has this sacred symbol, but there is no I in the center. There is no self. It is soulless, because these people are soulless. They lack the capacity for divine conscience. They're, they're degenerate in their heart functions. And so their heart is controlled by the three lower chakras, which govern the motivations of money, sex, and power. And they're obsessed right. with money, sex, and power. Like you, for Kissinger, he says, power is my aphrodisiac. <laughs> okay, he's a hustomus. He's a psychopath. This, this idea of power is a false one. It is, it is not what true power really is. It is the use of uh, undue force that one does not actually have a right to take under natural law against other uh, beings, uh, natural law rights not not uh, th that should not be infringed upon. Yet they do it anyway because again, these are psychopathic individuals, the dark occultists of the world, who ultimately control the monetary system and are actually the uh, unelected, hidden rulers enthroned behind all systems of government and financial institutions in this world. And uh, though these concepts that you've brought up, Chris, and I want to thank you once again for bringing up uh, all of this information. Uh, and uh, it so sounds like you have a pretty good uh, handle on this. But uh, this, um, th these concepts are things I have actually discussed in depth before on the show. And you can check that out in the archives uh, on the podcast section of my site. I was born a shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand Welcome back everyone, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com And uh... We've had some good callers in to the show so far. I'm going to continue with this. And uh, uh, we have one other caller here waiting to, to go on live. This is, this is Keith from Arizona. Keith from Arizona, you are on live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us? Well, thank you. Uh, I'm uh, very happy you have a show now. Your uh, subject matter is something I've been interested in since I was a little kid. I was going to guess on your thing that uh, what uh, the answer to the trivia question, my guess was going to be because you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people would take that approach. And it, it, I, I, I don't agree with the contention that life is suffering. Uh, there is suffering as part of life, and some of it is self-generated, and there are solutions to that self-generated suffering. But 
it's basically up to us whether we inflict self-inflicted pain. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that just uh, being in a physical uh, universe it, it will not contain some form of, uh, of suffering in some form or another. But uh, the, the real deep esoteric answer to that question is indeed that if any suffering is taking place around you, you know that that's no, you. It, it was a great question, and I was very impressed with Ben to figure it out all by himself, you know, without Fantastic. researching on the net. Yeah, yes. That was amazing. Yes. And it was the first darn caller, too. <laughs> I thought I that agree. was I'm, very hard. I'm very impressed as well, and uh, he deserves the, the little prize that we have. Anyway, uh, one quick thing. Uh, Tesla uh, is my biggest hero of any incarnate being, you know, any, any being that's ever incarnated. Well, may, I don't know, maybe Jesus, I don't know. But um, uh, uh, the, the uh, experiments he did to set the Earth into electrical resonance, he actually did at Colorado Springs, and then he was going to build a huge one at Waldencliff, and when J.P. Morgan found out it was going to be unmetered, uh, Free energy and communications all over the globe. He pulled the plug on it. Yep. So Especially communication. I mean, imagine free communications. How much are you paying yeah. for phone and internet? You know. Yeah. According to Tesla, it would have had literally unlimited channels. Yes. And I don't know how that would have worked. I have built my own Tesla coil, which is kind of a trip. And I used to go to Tesla coil that event, I would encourage people to go. They're so fun when you go to those kind of events. You meet like-minded people. When I go to them, I just, I just, my favorite thing is meeting all the neat people and talking to the speakers. Absolutely. And, it's a great uh, bunch of people here in Philadelphia as part of the Tesla Science Foundation. It's one of the groups I'm pretty, you know, um, the most excited about working with in the area. And they're, they, you know, the leadership of that group knows what could be done with this uh, type of technology in hand uh, given to the people for the betterment of, of mankind. And uh, that's what they're really working toward. You know, they have a good ethic. Uh, ethics is a, a huge part of this organization. And um, uh, I'm, I'm proud to work with them. And uh, uh, again, like you said, when you come out and work with a group like that, the kind of people that you meet are just like really wonderful people. So I encourage more people to get involved in topics like that as well. I still have friends from years ago uh, that that we are in co I'm in contact with and we talk and stuff. So it's a great great kind of venue to go to. Um, one one of my messages to people these days is to be of good heart. Don't let the fear get you down uh, because um, we are creators. We literally create reality, and I don't just mean our paradigm thinking that it's this way. I mean with the the physicality that we're in. We literally spin it around us and we collectively do this together. Sure. And I believe we can we can shift this world in a second if enough of us just decide to and it probably doesn't even take that much. Maybe a couple percent, I don't know. What do you think? I agree that it could be done. You know, the difference between can and will, there it's often a a large difference. Uh whether we will choose that reality is up to each one of us. And uh, you know, yeah. sometimes it, it it sometimes it does require time because there's a lot to unlearn. People have a lot to unlearn, a lot of baggage that they've taken on and have a lot of attachment to. And that's one of the main things that a lot of great teachers have have attempted to teach people that uh, what's of about what's related to why we suffer. It's it's the attachment to certain ideas and ways of doing things. It, it isn't necessarily that um, you know uh, there's 
something is just dictated to be that way. It's that we are attached to having it that way. And we uh, have a hard time letting go of things that may have once served us in the past, maybe not even then, but even if they did, when times change, we want to, we resist change and we don't want to let go of that which we used as a tool in the past, but now it is no longer serving us and in many cases it has become the master. So uh, the ego is like that, you know? The ego is a tool. It's there to simply be employed, uh, you know, in order to do things in the physical reality in which we live, you know? And I'm, talk I'm not talking about, you know, the hot, the, the, like runaway ego. I'm talking about simply the force that helps me to understand, you know, that if you put your hand out to hand me something that, you know, I can put my hand out and take it from you. That's what I mean by the simple ego. I'm not talking about an ego out of control, you know, or identification with the ego. You know, the ego is just a tool to make things possible in the physical domain. It's the attachment and identification to the ego that creates all the suffering that we see around us, the attachment to the physical, you know, at the expense of the, the spiritual side of ourselves. We need to integrate those both and understand that we are a spiritual being living in a physical reality. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah, and I, again, with stress, we are creating this reality. Absolutely. And so we have to own our own responsibility in the state of the world. That's what it's all ultimately about, and that is the, the highest uh, message or goal that I'm attempting to get people to uh, really grasp at a high level is what true responsibility is and that each person truly owns themselves. They are sovereign beings by nature of their birth into the cosmos they are sovereign, and that means you are the, the owner of your own thoughts, your own emotions, your own actions, and Ultimately, it is only you who directs those three things, and that's what creates manifestation in the physical world, and that becomes what we are experiencing collectively. The sad part about where we've arrived at collectively is that most people have abdicated that uh, true personal responsibility and want to basically point fingers or play a blame game and say that other people made me do it or I had no choice. There's always a choice, and we need to own that choice in our own lives, and that's what true responsibility really is. We make the decision ultimately about how we behave. Yeah, it's very easy to be in denial and not take responsibility for the place you are. Um, I'm very encouraged. I see this information spreading like wildfire. Um, I've been a guest on some talk radios, and I call in from time to time, and it just seems more and more people are starting to figure out something's wrong and are looking yep. for answers, and yes. they're finding people like you. And this wonderful network, I love, Oracle's my favorite network, uh, I think that has the best lineup, uh, and it's not compromised like many other parts. Keith, that's the intro music for this next break. I want to thank you for calling. You brought up some great points, and I agree with you. This is a great network, and I'm uh, proud to be a part of it. Right on, man. Thank you. You Just have a good one. You. you too. Bye. All right. We'll be back after these messages, folks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on what on earth is happening. 
great, great callers into the show today. Uh, I'm always impressed with the uh, quality of callers, like I said before. But uh, for the last three segments, let's jump into something else that I had planned, which is uh, continuing on our breakdown of the symbolism of Freemasonry. And uh, I want to direct everyone up to my website at whatonearthishappening.com. For those of you who may be listening at your computer, uh, if you are not, I always post these images with the podcasts on my site on the podcast tab of the uh, of the website. So you can always pick these images up later when you are at your computer if you happen to be listening in some form of a uh, with some form of a mobile device. So. With that being said, go up to whatonearthishappening.com, click on the listen page, the radio listen uh, button on the left-hand side of the site. That will take you to the player page, and right under the player, you will see images for tonight's show. And there are, uh, I believe, 12 images listed there that are uh, connected with Freemasonry. And uh, again, this is an ongoing tapestry. If you look in the podcast section, you'll see that we've been talking about Freemasonry for many weeks now. So there are prerequisites to understand some of the symbolism that I'm going to continue to discuss. If you feel like you're lost, don't panic. Just go to the podcast section and pick up either from the beginning, which is what I would highly recommend, or at least from the beginning of the Freemasonry section. So um, I'll attempt my best to give very brief uh, reviews of certain symbols. So in image number one, uh, we are seeing an image that I began to break down last week. And this is from the alchemical tradition, which is very closely related to Freemasonry. Uh, some Rosicrucian schools also will use this image. Okay, So this is a old depiction of the pillars, okay? The, these pillars we saw when we looked at the first degree tracing board of Freemasonry, and pillars play a prominent role in the symbolism of Freemasonry in general. They ultimately represent the masculine and feminine sides of ourselves, okay? That's what we have to understand about symbols is that they are used to encode information, okay? So this image that you're looking at here isn't just a series of symbols and, and drawings. It's essentially a book. It's a story, okay, that unravels, okay, and delves deeply into the psyche, the nature of self, consciousness, etc. I know that may be difficult for people who are unfamiliar with symbolism to accept or to believe at first, but if you follow through the tapestry, that I've continued to basically put piece together here over the many weeks I've been doing this show, okay? And that's why the podcast section is just a great resource of information for that. And often with many links to documents and to uh, images, related images and related videos. Uh, it's a wealth of information in its own right, that one single page. So uh, I highly encourage people to make use of it. Um, this symbolism will begin to make sense if you have the building blocks in hand in order to decode it. Okay, so it is a form of encoded information. 
Now, ultimately, what the checkered floor there down at the bottom of the image represents is lower consciousness, base consciousness, okay? Like the caller said, uh, 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 the psychologist caller, Chris, said earlier, we basically have a threefold nature and that we have a threefold physical brain. And this is information I've broken down extensively in the past on the show. And again, it's in the podcast archives on my site. Um, we have a reptilian brain, a mammal brain, and a human brain. These are the constructs of the brain. The R complex or the reptilian complex is base consciousness. It's our lower, lower level uh, instincts okay, that drive lower level material world identified behavior. All right, so the fight or flight response is governed by this part of the brain. Simple physical respiration and motor function. All right, fight or flight response is if you're attacked, if you're under direct physical threat, you have to make a choice. Do you want to run and attempt to escape the physical danger or do you want to stand and fight? Okay, and that's l the lowest level of consciousness there is, is essentially pure concern or identification with the physical matter and physical surroundings, survival only based consciousness, okay, from a fear minded perspective. So that's what that floor, that checkered floor represents, being as low as you can go. You haven't really begun coming out of uh, animal type qualities, all right? You're still identified with that reptilian brain. Now, the, the pillars represent the spiritual journey into higher states of consciousness through the integration of the masculine and the feminine aspects within ourself. These are not external qualities, they are internal qualities. So we see there are four symbols on these pillars, two on each one, one at the base, one at the top of the pillars. And they are the alchemical symbols of earth, air, water, and fire. Earth being at the bottom right-hand side of the image, okay, the inverted triangle, and it is seg segmented, okay? This is at the bottom of the B pillar. The B stands for Boaz, which is what this pillar is referred to as in Freemasonry, the pillar of Boaz. These are the pillars that were outside of the temple of Solomon because the seal of Solomon, or what is known as the Star of David, as the previous caller also mentioned, is the unification stands for the unification of the spiritual and the material and the unification of the masculine and the feminine, okay? It is ultimately about the unification of our emotions and our actions. That's ultimately what this symbol represents, okay? So down at the bottom of the B pillar, right, the darker pillar, is the symbol of earth. Now this represents what we basically come into the world, uh, innate qualities, all right? Maybe our uh, physical attributes, maybe uh, the innate talents that we may have and be good at, all right? The circumstances that we're born into, the surroundings, our physical environment, our uh, mental environment, as far as the other people that we are born around, etc. In other words, earth represents our resources and our surroundings. When we go farther along, the top of the pillar of um, Boaz there underneath the moon because this is the lunar or feminine side, okay? These are about innate aspects, all right? The 
unseen, that which is not carried on the outside, but that which is pretty much dwelling within us, okay? So we employ uh, our emotions in the world. That's one of the main ways that we basically navigate the space that we're in. Our emotions are a guidance system, okay? It's like I liken it to a compass, okay? We need to have compassion to have a compass for direction in life. That's ultimately what guides our behavior, all right? So at the top of this pillar representing the higher consciousness, not just what we have uh, as far as our innate um, talents or, sur or what's in our surroundings, but what we truly have as our makeup within ourself, the inverted triangle there up at the top of the uh, pillar on the right is the alchemical symbol of water, okay? And this represents our emotional qualities, okay? The types of emotions that we display. There's the intro music for the break. I'll continue to break down this alchemical symbol of the twin pillars after these messages. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. In these last two segments, I'm just going to jump right back into the breakdown of the symbols there listed on What on Earth is Happening on the Radio Listen page. We're looking at image number one, the twin pillars, and this is an alchemical uh, depiction of these pillars. We looked at the dark pillar of Boaz. Now let's look at the light pillar of Joaquin marked with the J. This is the solar pillar, and these are the qualities that are pretty readily uh, able to be seen by others. So at the bottom there, we have, uh, so these are more external principles. At the bottom there, we have uh, the alchemical symbol for air. This represents intellectual capacity, which one by being around you can probably gauge or assess uh, readily uh, because you would display uh, basically through your uh, behavior and through your um, uh, words uh, your general intellectual uh, capabilities. So this is also a masculine quality because pure intellect is what is being discussed here. We're not really talking about holistic understanding or wisdom, okay? We're talking about the intellectual capacities, or in other words, left brain uh, capabilities, the capabilities to analyze and to dissect and to uh, see patterns, etc., okay? So the air qualities are on the masculine side, the male pillar, the pillar of uh, Joaquin. Um, and this represents a, a journey out of dark into light, toward light. That's why it's on the light pillar, okay? However, as I've said already on this show, simply knowing something that you've arrived at through a linear process of, of understanding, through looking at different patterns, through analyzing resources of information, etc., is not the end of the journey. What ultimately needs to be done is that needs to be bridged with 
the emotional qualities in order to take right action in the world and also combine with the resources at our disposal. So in other words, the knowledge that you acquire at the base of this pillar, which represents a progression out of the simple internal qualities, maybe feeling or intuition about what is actually going on, then you know it, okay? But it's still at the base of the secondary pillar there of Joaquin. It has to be uh, used in the world. It has to be put into effect in order to create something better in the world with that knowledge. So at the top of the pillar of Joaquin there on the left underneath the sun is the alchemical symbol of fire, the upright triangle. And this is the uh, symbol of fire which represents action in the world, okay? Willpower to act. So we have the resources at our disposal at the base of the right-hand pillar. We have the emotional qualities that we carry within ourselves, and the intuition, that's the top of the right-hand pillar, the water symbol, okay? The emotional aspects of the individual, the lunar side, okay? This is what we have to work with in our innate qualities and what we have within us as far as our emotional makeup goes. Then on the left-hand side, we have our intellect at the base of the pillar and then what we actually do with the other three qualities, Okay, so what we actually do with our intellect combined with our emotional qualities combined with the resources at our disposal and our talents, that, that the highest point of this is fire, okay, which is at the top of the secondary pillar, which is what true enlightenment ultimately encompasses is taking right action in the world, not just knowing, but knowing and then applying that knowledge in the world. So this entire image, okay, represents coming to a better understanding of our spiritual nature because this is the generative principle. This is the principle of creation. You see at the bottom there the word inferius in Latin representing the lower material identified world. But then as you come up to the top and unify the pater, which means father, the son, and mater, mother, the moon, okay, to create the union, the union of opposites, the synthesis, the chemical wedding as it is known, Okay, uh, you have the word superior, which means the higher world. Okay, and that is where the gods. There you see the all of the gods of astrotheology: the sun, the moon, and the planets. There at the top of the image. In other words, the the heavenly bodies, the the heavenly hosts, so to speak. Okay, and then you see two words there at the top. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, before I get to that, you also see this circle with the two triangles in it unifying the divine and the material worlds, okay? And you have the alchemical symbol of mercury inside of there, the elixir of life, okay? Formed by the mercurial qualities, the divine union, okay? Between the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine, between our emotions and our actions. So the words at the top here, okay, uh, on the left and right hand sides in the clouds up top, Aish Mayim, right? This simply means the generative formation or the principle of creation. You could look at those words as meaning. This is the way that the physical reality in which we live is brought into manifestation. It is brought into manifestation based upon our behavior, okay? And the, the unification of the masculine and feminine principles, or in other words, what we know 
and how we feel, right? So our thoughts and our emotions then give rise or give birth to our behavior in the world, our actions, okay, which is why that's at the top of the left-hand pillar, the masculine pillar. And that creates this synthesis, this union of opposites called the chemical wedding a lot of times in in uh, alchemy, okay? And that is the generative principle. Generative meaning the principle that creates or generates, okay? This is connected with Freemasonry very deeply because the G inside the compasses and square stands for this very principle, the generative principle, okay? As we've talked about already on this show. So that's, this image is a fundamental basis for the pillars of Joaquin and Boaz in Freemasonry. And um, again, this image is used in alchemy and Rosicrucianism as well. So what I wanted to do with the time we have left is simply look at some other themes that show these two pillars and then look at what's known as Royal Arch Masonry, which is um, a degree of the York Rite, degrees within the York Rite of Freemasonry, which are about this generative principle and coming to a higher level of consciousness by bridging the um, sacred masculine with the sacred feminine, okay? So the emotional qualities of the sacred feminine being united with the active uh, qualities of, you know, the, the masculine aspects of ourself, our actions. So we need to uh, act in harmony with what we know and feel to be right. Thoughts, emotions, and actions in unison with each other and there being no contradiction between those three uh, modalities or the the expressions of consciousness. Again, that's not consciousness itself. That's something much more all-encompassing. But the way that consciousness expresses here through us in the physical world is through our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. I call it the um, expressions of consciousness. So um, what we want to look at is uh, in the Royal Arch tradition how this synthesis is often depicted as the keystone of the arch. So we're going to look at that coming up. But let's look. move on to image number two, the master's carpet of Freemasonry. Here we see this same theme repeated once again with the two pillars. You have the altar in the middle with the three candles, which I have already said in previous shows, represent the path of the sun from the eastern horizon to the western horizon, and it makes a trek across the southern portion of the sky. I posted a good visual aid to that in the last podcast. So that's why there is no uh, a light in the north on Freemasonic altars, because it is considered the place that the sun does not pass through, uh, hence it is called the place of darkness. Again, this is more uh, basic astrology, but it's astrotheology, because you know the whole idea is getting to that enlightenment, which is represented by the sun uh, coming together with the moon and giving birth to the all-seeing eye of an awakened consciousness. So, again, we see this theme repeated here again. I want to draw your attention to the heart right in the middle of the image, true care, okay? The heart, the center of self, because these pillars represent the self, okay? Below the floor of the house represents the, the, the spirit being deadened. Okay, and needing to be raised out of its grave. We saw the legend of Hiram, Hiram Abiff, okay, the uh, Christ consciousness in the Freemasonic tradition, so to speak. All right, uh, this is the spirit that is within us all, the spark of the divine which needs to be awakened and uh, basically come up in its 
uh, understanding and our understanding of true self. That's what the the uh, entombed Hiram Abiff represents. Okay, this this coffin at the underneath the floor of the house, the checkered floor, is when Hiram Abiff is dead or the spirit is dead. The true spiritual nature of ourselves is not properly understood, and therefore it is in its grave. It needs to be raised up out of the, the dead and be reawoken to new life, a second birth. So we'll continue with this on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network. Every day you hear the news. As Welcome back, everyone, to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Before the break, we were continuing to look at some of the symbolism of Freemasonry, particularly the uh, theme, the recurring theme of two pillars and how they are representative of the masculine and feminine side of our psyches and our nature, and they need to be brought into a synthesis, a positive synthesis by uniting our emotions and our actions. And this is what basically brings our spirit to life. And this uh, master's carpet depicts the deadened spirit in the coffin there and the journey that it must make out of that realm of darkness and the grave to the, the light of the all-seeing eye or the creator. And we see tons of symbolism on this image. We have the moon, the star, and the sun. Okay, um, we have uh, again the the uh, al- the um, astrotheological cults of the ancient world: the lunar cult, the, s- the stellar cult, and the solar cult. We see, uh, of of course, we looked at that in the astrotheology section when we uh, talked about them being the foundation of modern religions. Um, we see the all-seeing eye representing the light of the creator, the light of consciousness, okay? We see the ladder representing our climb or our journey out of darkness and toward light. We, saw, we see the symbol of the sun, uh, its path through the, um, uh, the year uh, on the right-hand side, that, that circle with the two lines, the parallel lines, that's representative of the sun and its uh, apparent path uh, during the course of the year uh, as the earth uh, um, orbits uh, revolves around the sun. Uh, how it makes a progression between the two tropics, an angular progression from 23.5 north to 23.5 south during the course of a solar year. Uh, we see the uh, hourglass with the sand running through it, uh, warning us to make good use of our time because you see the scythe there behind the hourglass representing uh, death's approach which is one thing we all share in common. It is the grand leveler as it is known in Freemasonry. It levels the board for all of us because indeed we are are all on uh, uh, a schedule that has an appointment with uh, that uh, fate eventually. Uh, No one gets out of here alive as they say. Um, We see the uh, trivium depicted as the basis for coming out of uh, darkness and uh, starting to ascend the pillars there on the right hand side depicted by the Pythagorean um, uh, 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 the Pythagorean triangle with the squares depicting the uh, Pythagorean um, uh, formula so 
that's representative, of course, of the trivium, the quadrivium, and the five senses, and how we come to learn anything, basically. Uh, phenomenal uh, information to study the trivium, which we will get into in, in future shows. So, uh, what else do we have here of any significance? We have um, the anchor. That means that we must be anchored in truth. Okay, We must uh, have accurate knowledge, and that's why it's on the active pillar to act upon. Okay, So, we have to have uh, a firm anchoring in hand of the, the, the truth that is taking place around us before we begin to act or climb that left-hand pillar and take action in the world. So um, this is just another symbol, another way of saying the same thing. It's about the chemical wedding or the union of opposites, the divine union, it has been called in other traditions, um, between the principle of action and the principle of uh, the divine feminine or our emotions, the heart. Okay. Uh, I've called it the heart, mind, guts. You know, it's what we know, what we feel, and how we act. These are the 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 chakras that have to be unified: the solar plexus chakra connecting up with the higher chakras of the heart, and then the knowledge chakras of the third eye and the throat. What we know and being willing to speak the truth, unifying that with the principle of action represented by the solar plexus chakra. So we've covered this all in the past. This is pretty much a kind of like almost a, um, a uh, review of some of those concepts, but you're seeing it in symbolic form. But let's move on to uh, image number three, which is a depiction of an old um, royal arch tracing board. Now, again, as I said, in the modern lodge system, the royal arch degrees are part of the York Rite, and they are touched upon in the Scottish Rite. But uh, this image here, again, we see the word Solomon, the combination of the sun and moon, king of Israel, right? Rex Israel means king of Israel. Israel, Isis, Ra, El, okay? Isis, the divine feminine. Ra, the male child, El, the, the, the father, okay? We looked at that when we looked at astrotheology. Again, this is for people new to this, there's prerequisite knowledge for some of this and we've seen some of these word plays and symbols before so I highly encourage you to make use of the podcast uh, section of my website as a resource if you get caught up you'll have a much firmer grasp when we start to talk about this complex symbolism I know it's you know kind of uh, an inappropriate way to pick up on things but I can't go back and you know repeat the same things I've already said on the show uh, over and over and over again. So again, those resources are there. They're free. They're at your disposal. You can go and download them all for free and listen to them all at your convenience. So we saw the three builders of temp, uh, the Temple of Solomon representing the male and female sides of ourselves, the masculine and feminine, the sun and the moon, as being Solomon, Hiram, king of Tyre, and Hiram Abif, H-A-B. They're representing Hiram Abif's name. And we see the the royal arch symbol there on the on the left uh, on the other side of the uh, the uh, altar from the letters H A B. Here we see the two pillars once again. Okay, representing basically the same thing we've been talking about the floor the checkered floor of the house once again, and now the arch coming together on both sides, but the keystone of the arch not being there. Okay, now what this represents, and here's the, the real key to this, the the stone 
okay, of the archway represents the pineal gland, but in a state of not being fully activated. When that stone is removed and light pours into the center of the self toward the heart, right, the center of this image is always the union. So we see these two angels with their wingtips combined uh, right in the center of the image. This is the activated heart chakra, okay? And the light is knowledge coming in, the, uh, the knowledge of true self coming in and activating the center of self or the heart chakra. Now, people have a very bad misunderstanding of this because in biblical terms, the chief cornerstone or keystone okay, is referred to as Jesus. And when people see the cornerstone of the archways being taken out, they look at this as if it's saying reject the Christ consciousness, okay, or reject the values of Christianity. Nothing could be further from the truth. The stone in the place of the arch, okay, needs to be transmuted to light, that's what the Christ consciousness is actually represented by, the light of the creator pouring through into man's consciousness, okay? So to, uh, part of the royal arch ritual is to rise, meaning come up in consciousness, wrench forth the keystone, meaning clear the debris from your pineal gland, the, the all-seeing eye in, this, in the center of each one of our heads, Okay, that is often calcified, and I've talked about this extensively through the the chemical uh, sludge that we often put into our body through what we laughingly call food. Which you know, getting on the healthy foods is a huge part of the awakening process. Um, we need to basically remove that or de-stone it or take away all the debris. Okay, that is that is calcifying it, and then the light pours in because that's the spiritual vision gland. All right, I'll stop there. We have a caller here from Texas, John from Austin. You're live on One on Earth is happening. You're going to take us out. Go. Uh, hi, how are you? It's really nice to be on your show, and uh, I appreciate very much all the imagery that you are giving us and you're transmitting to us. Uh, I wanted to touch on the subject of the pineal gland as uh, you were talking about it. It was beautiful what you said there at the end. And uh, what I wanted to uh, to put forth is well, the pineal gland is uh, our spiritual seat or the seat of the soul. Yes. Where uh, we, we uh, that's our inheritance uh, from God to us individually. So we can have the experience of the unlimited creator within us and, and this limited being uh, which we have come to experience this earth in can, can merge into that, into that uh, unlimited being and retain consciousness. And uh, I agree that, that, that yeah, that's uh, more or less where you're going now. I, John, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, John, but that's all we have time for tonight on a what on earth is on what on earth is happening. I highly encourage you to call into the show next Sunday, uh, 4 p.m. When the dollar crashes, an alternate system of.